Welcome to our Indigenous Business Leadership Podcast. I'm Haley Wooden, Executive Editor at BIV, and we're broadcasting today from the unceded territories of the Coast Salish peoples, including Musqueam, Squamish, and Tsleil-Waututh nations. This episode is part of a four-part series we're running this week to coincide with the publication of BIV's inaugural Indigenous business magazine titled Makuk P. Selim. This particular episode is sponsored by GCT Canada, Canadian owned and operated with headquarters in Vancouver. GCT currently services one out of every two containers transiting through the country and we appreciate their support of this podcast. Our new magazine out this week was edited by Chastity Davis Alphonse, who is co-hosting this podcast series. He's the founder of Chastity Davis Consulting. Welcome, great to have you here as always, Chastity. Thanks for having me, Haley. Now this series focuses on Indigenous leadership, entrepreneurship, and reconciliation. Our guest is Stephen Stark, a member of Tawas First Nation and the owner and CEO of Tawas Shuttles, Inc., which offers a wide range of land and marine transportation services. Stephen, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm very excited to be here as well. And my ancestral name is Sluxit, just so everybody's aware, Sluxit. So thank you again for the introduction. Thank you very much again for being here with us. I'd love to know how you got your start in business. Yeah, thank you. So yes, I'm the owner of TSI. TSI is a marine-based company, also a shuttle bus company. Uh, We have a street sweeping division and a water trucking division. Uh, I started the shuttle busing division back in 2011. It used to be called Starks Transportation. And at at that point, I was running a small 12-passenger bus uh, back and forth to the port at uh, GCT in Port Greater Vancouver there. And we were running um, buses for Jacobs Brother and BA Blacktop while they were revamping an overpass and widening the railroad tracks out there. And at the time, I didn't um, have uh, much knowledge in the industry, but there was a few um, things that were happening around that time. Tawasa First Nation signed its treaty. And uh, at that point, I knew that Tawasa First Nation was going to grow exponentially fairly large and all services need to be created out of nothing to. Um, help support the nation, whether it's transit, whether it's public works, whether it's landscaping or home building or other general contracting, uh, skies are the limits if if you just learn to align yourself with what was coming down the pipeline. So that's originally how I started um, was back then. But, you know, to backtrack a little bit further, um, you know, I've been fishing for 25 years in the Fraser River and crabbing for 20 And throughout the course of my history of fishing, which I still practice our cultural practices to this day, um, over the time of my fishing career, I've seen a massive decline in natural resources across the board. And I knew that um, I needed to involve myself into environment stewardship projects, whether they were um, salmon studies, crab studies, ooligan, water sampling, eelgrass, eelgrass transplanting, uh, sea pens, whatever projects were happening around the estuary, I wanted to be a part of it. But a few things need to happen before then. You got to be qualified. You got to have the boat. You got to have the equipment. You got to all, if all things are equal as the province was promoting 15 years ago, you should default to indigenous businesses. But that wasn't actually the case. Um, 
I had to learn a hard road and, um, you know, I would go back and forth to different contractors and proponents and, you know, I'd win some, lose some attitude and then refine my Indigenous um, um, entrepreneurialness and this niche market that is available to Indigenous people if they are able to hone in their skills you know if again if all things are equal you're 51 percent owner you're qualified you have the equipment and if your pricing is is in good order you should be able to get these opportunities and yeah over the course of that time um, we were able to secure a lot of marine contracts um, available and so tsi is really well known for environmental boat operating and support through a variety of different companies, whether it's Golder, Hamera, LGL, Raincoast Forest, Lower Fraser Fishing Alliance, Pacific Salmon Commission. And, you know, we hire a lot of Indigenous businesses and um, members to operate those boats as well. So that's where it kind of founded. And then it really morphed after that. It sounds like it's been an exciting journey uh, for you, Stephen. Um, I'm curious to know, like, if there was like this one sort of breakthrough moment on your journey where you were like, this is going to work, like this is going to take off, or was it a series of smaller, smaller breakthrough moments? Yeah, it was a series of smaller breakthrough moments um, and learning um, some of the um, brochures or the contents or the different connections and avenues. But there was one breakthrough moment, I believe, and that was back in 2011 when I did create Starks Transportation. And uh, there was this lady named Gemma Scoble there and Chris Hartman, and we were negotiating with Jacob's brother. and. Um, you know, unfortunately, at the time, the the Indigenous relationships weren't strong back then uh, in 2011, where they are more pronounced today to work with Indigenous businesses. And, you know, uh, they didn't see the vision at first. Um, and but uh, shortly after that meeting, uh, Gemma made sure that uh, everybody understood what the vision was. And uh, out of that uh, opportunity, TSI, uh, Starks Transportation at the time, got an opportunity to provide the buses for Jacobs Brothers. So it was a little bit of a, a good gentle push uh, in making sure that Indigenous businesses are recognized uh, while working in this territory. Shortly after that, um, uh, in 2015, I rebranded as the mall was about to come online at Tawasin Commons. I rebranded to a more, you know, catchier name, Tawasin Shuttles Inc. And uh, at that point, we created a logo and I re, um, redesigned and revisioned the company to better align with opportunities in the area. I wasn't able to get the Tawasin Mills contract, but what came out of that was an opportunity to provide school buses to elementary kids for our nation and winning a five-year contract and getting the support from the nation i think is always really important and making sure that you have that that anchor client which is the nation to back your business up and it wasn't easy but getting the policies getting the buses getting everything in place and learning because i never transported kids before but i you know i quickly have two daughters myself and i thought well what a what a great way to, uh, you know, not have to drive my kids to school anymore. You open up a bus company. 
And uh, lo and behold, it was quite successful. We pick up 80 kids every day, uh, curbside pickup. We drop them off at five different schools, multiple buses. And then over the um, short period of time, uh, TSI started to be recognized in the Delta School District as well. And next thing you know, um, we are now providing field trips for Delta for a multitude of different schools, elders programs, youth programs, snowboarding teams. And, you know, that's just the tip of the iceberg, uh, really, um, as to what TSI does. Um, and that's just the one sector as well. I know being an entrepreneur can be so rewarding, but it comes with its challenges too. And I'm always interested to hear from entrepreneurs what inspired them to venture out into business for themselves. Were you always entrepreneurial? Were you an entrepreneurial child at heart? Or is this something that you maybe discovered a bit later on in life? No, uh, I've been told by my mom. Uh, I've always had this entrepreneurialness. Um, as a young boy, you know, seven, eight years old out there, that, that boy that made the $5 going up and down the street, shoveling snow and, and mowing your grass. And, you know, I did quite well uh, even back then. And I was able to pay for my own trip to Disneyland out of the money I made. And my brothers, I have two older brothers, Jeremy and Ron. Uh, they tried to manage me after. Uh, my oldest brother is going to be the manager and the other brother was going to be like the supervisor. And then, you know, I was just going to be the worker. And then shortly after that, uh, that new organization came into play at seven years old. Uh, my, my mom and dad uh, were like, look, you don't need your brothers. You're doing this all on your own. You don't need to be managed. Uh, so I fired both of them and took over the company again. And, you know, I've always had that uh, spirit within me, but uh, a lot of it has to do with my um, upraising as well. Um, you know, I was born legally deaf as a child. I undergrew, underwent multitude of different reconstructive eardrum surgeries to get me so I could hear properly. And years of delays in, in social development and, and reading and writing skills as well. And, you know, I struggled, but one area that I didn't struggle in was work. Uh, and I knew how to work and I knew how to do sports and I was super athletical growing up as a child. And those were two things that I really enjoyed doing. But, you know, even as an entrepreneur today uh, and, and learning, you know, I, I don't shun away from my story. My story is adversities and struggles through triumphs of, of addiction as growing up as a child and as a young adult as well. But, you know, changing all of that around in 2006 uh, and being sober for 17 years uh, and being a leader within this community. And I think it's important not to just talk about your successes, but to talk about some of the struggles that people have had and share that real raw story uh, as well, because I'm a firm believer, if you don't talk about your struggles, then how can you share that story that could potentially help somebody else along the way as well, right? Thank you for sharing. Um, that with us here, Stephen, about overcoming what sounds like a lot of adversity. Um, and I'm, in, I'm inspired by your story and can relate to a lot of it uh, personally and professionally. Um, and, I'm, and I'm interested in what motivates you um, when on your low days, how do you stay like steadfast to um, achieving uh, your vision for yourself? 
Yeah, great question, because um, that is a struggle uh, from day to day. Some days are wins and then some days uh, you get a lot of anxiousness and anxiety as well, because, you know, as an entrepreneur, every new door of relationship is a, a new um, understanding of how to work my way through this business world as well. And, you know, I'm very good at honing my anxiety and struggles um, when I need to. But, you know, I think it's also to really stay focused um, and very driven. Uh, for me, there's a huge drive in me since I was a little boy to never go backwards to where I was before. And, you know, and that is the question that is constantly ramming around my head is when when and where is enough at what level am I going to be satisfied uh, as to the part of life I still haven't answered that question and I'm still in search of it as well but you know every time I create a new relationship every time I create a new company which you know, TSI uh, owns four divisions, but I also own uh, four partnerships as well. My partners are Delta Aggregates, uh, Matcon Civil, Trex Bussing Company, and also uh, Single Source Hydrovacking as well. So, you know, I'm quickly advancing in a lot of areas and there's, you know, spending time with the kids, uh, spending time at home, um, but also still trying to find that balance of, you know, I don't think my mind ever stops of wondering what the next stage is. So I'm very, very focused at the moment. We were just chatting before we hit record about resilience and Stephen, I'm hoping you can share with us a little bit about what uh, surviving through this past year and a bit has been like for TSI and also how you were relatively recently recognized locally in your community with an award. Yeah, well, first of all, I want to recognize Tawasan First Nation as a huge supporter within my own community. The staff and administration have hugely supported TSI through all of my opportunities and business ventures as well. And, you know, the membership alone has watched me grow as an individual. Um, they knew me in my past life and now they know me in this new life as well. And it is nice to see that I have this support of my nation as well, but also expanding outside of Tawasan First Nation as well. And that's the Delta Chamber of Commerce. And last year I was registered with the Delta Chamber of Commerce. And within my first year of registry, um, I was nominated for the most resilient adaptation of 2020 through COVID. And I won the award for that in the first six months of being part of Delta Chamber of Commerce. And they recognized that um, also I was you know, the only TFN member um, business registered with the Delta Chamber of Commerce as well. And to try to showcase that, uh, and it is a big win and I have the plaque up there as well. And it was an honor to be a part of the group, you know, being adaptative and um, resilient through COVID is something that, um, you know, I'm grateful that TSI has been able to adapt during COVID, where I, I also recognize that a lot of businesses did not fare so well. And, um, you know, I, while my heart, uh, you know, goes out to them as well, I'm hopeful that uh, their businesses will start to rebound once the door is open as well. 
you know, being at, uh, adaptable, you know, TSI's uh, school busing division collapsed uh, almost immediately after COVID. But, you know, shortly uh, within two weeks after that, the uh, Delta port needed to move their longshoremen's around and they didn't have bus capabilities as well. So, you know, I was grateful that um, busing was able to they rented half the fleet from me and uh, they provide um, the buses off to move the longshoremen's around. And that's still an ongoing relationship to this day. Uh, school uh, went back into effect, but you know, everything was a bit different. So, you know, parents were worried about public school to private school to different schools. So, you know, to learn to adapt and, and launch different styles of buses to the different schools to attend parents' needs and the nation's needs. And then over time, you know, things have been rebounding, but it would also, TSI was able to just take a step back and see how do we want to come out of COVID? What relationships do we want to start forging out of COVID? And, you know, I didn't really get a chance to talk about TSI also owns a fleet of street sweepers, right? And we do street sweeping around greater Vancouver for every major construction company. Uh, we were awarded the primary for the um, the Highway 91 and 17 Nordell upgrade for the Pacific Gateway project. So we've been on that project every night for street sweeping since it started. Uh, just recently, TSI was also awarded a ma major contract for the Patella Bridge uh, as an environmental monitoring part of it and running the boats and supplying support there for the next two years on that project so big wins um as well for tsi but we also own a fleet of uh, water trucks as well dust control flower beds tree bags things like that so you know i think covid has um slowed things down to the point where people have had to rethink um how they want to forge their relationships moving forward and and then also to back up with this new announcement of UNDRIP that has come out just recently in the province as well. And what does that mean, right? And people are scrambling to figure that out. Well, I knew that what that meant 15 years ago. And um, that's why I was gearing my businesses towards those types of opportunities, because that's something that the province was saying, but they didn't know how they were going to enact it either. And they still don't. They're trying. Um, but I think True reconciliation uh, will depend upon the language and those honest relationships moving forward of what that UNDRIP uh, actually stands for, right? And I'm sure some people get it uh, here and and um, so, yeah. Thank you, Stephen, and congratulations on your resiliency award. I'm sure it will be the first of many. When I listen briefly to the story, uh, your story, personally and professionally, I hear the theme of resilience throughout all of it, from a young boy to teenager to adult to entrepreneur. And if somebody were to come and ask you, you know, what are your principles of resiliency? Um, or your definition of resiliency and how do you apply that to your life? Uh, um, what would you say? Yeah, great uh, question. Thanks for that. Um, the thing everybody knows me for is high integrity, 
people know my integrity before they actually even get to meet me. And, um, you know, that's the first thing that I hear. And that's something that I pride on is integrity, honesty, and reliability, right? Uh, and just trying to be, you know, consistent with who I am as an individual. And it's hard um, because when you are growing in a multitude of different areas, um, you know, it, it's difficult to, um, you know, keep all the balls up in the air at the same time. But, you know, some of these founding principles can never change. And that is integrity, honesty, and resiliency for sure. And, um, you know, just trying to be very consistent as a human being and, and kind um, along the way. And, and again, just to share that story of, you know, people say, well, they don't know how to do it. Or what is it that you did, Steve, that, you know, makes you so successful? But there's sacrifices along the way. And to be resilient also means you need to think about outside the box and how you're going to be very consistent and, you know, at the end of the day, uh, Stephen is always the last man standing, no matter what. And whoever I hire needs to model the same relationship that I am trying to do, whether it's through my kids. Now, my son works with us as well. He's one of the operators, and hopefully he can model the relationship that I'm trying to do. And my two daughters as well, as they get older enough to... Uh, so again, just trying to instill those principles in, in them as well and, and be consistent as a human being. Thank you for sharing those principles. To build off of what you said, do you have any advice for young Indigenous entrepreneurs or future entrepreneurs who are maybe looking at getting into business for themselves? Any recommendations in terms of what to keep in mind, lessons learned, or where they can start? Yeah, consistency. Consistency is definitely key in finding the right information. For me, I share all of my information freely. If anybody out there actually wants to talk to me and figure out what works for me and what hasn't, I share that information freely. It's not, I don't hoard it. And I think that's one of the biz, best successes that I can because when I talk with people of other CAOs or presidents of other companies, they get a sense to me I'm very honest. And I just want to find out from them as well to be that honest, integral person. I think it's also important to find the right mentor, somebody that is going to guide you as well and keep you on the right path. And I have that person as well. And he's very important to me. And I have a couple of them. One is Chief Ken Baird um, is my best friend and one of my father figures. And he also helped me through my sobriety and early recovery and you know, we became uh, best friends for life. And the other is Brian Pyre, and um, he is my business advisor as well. And he guides me on day-to-day -day, um, stuff as well and, and mentors me as a father figure as well. So I have very important people in my life. And I think that is also the key is to make sure that that path is um, consistent uh, as well. And the messaging comes from, you know, key players within your life. I, I also believe it's, um, you know, it, it has to do with inside, right? It's, it's in you uh, to be an entrepreneur and um, people want to do it. And I appreciate that. It is not easy. Um, there is sacrifices if, to be an entrepreneur in, and especially a serial entrepreneur. That's what I am. 
is a serial entrepreneur and it's not just one avenue, but it's eight avenues and they're all rising at the same rate while also being an executive council member at Tawasan First Nation as well and making sure that I'm staying focused in those different directions. So, you know, where where I appreciate, you know, it, it may seem easy, but it is not. Um, there's a lot of sleepless nights and, and um, you know, relationships are hard to maintain, um, but there is reward at the end of the tunnel. And, you know, it's hard for me to capture in 30 minutes of, you know, who Stephen Stark really truly is. But, you know, you're going to hear more and more about who I am over the next few years. And, and TSI's um, name is going to keep growing um, along the way on a multitude of major infrastructure projects. But just as a person and a human being, um, you know, I think, yeah, there's a lot to share uh, with with the story. Um, and like I said, anybody could find me on the internet and, um, you know, I'm, I'm would be honored to talk with anybody. Thank you so much, Stephen, for your honesty and vulnerability and generosity um, of sharing your story and being open to um, respond to others that would like to connect with you. That's wonderful. We have time for one last question and we are hosting an event on National Indigenous Peoples Day. Um, our, we are hosting an event and we're, we're asking the leaders, uh, what is your vision for economic reconciliation? Uh, and I'm interested, you spoke about the implementation of the United Nations Declaration on the Rights of Indigenous Peoples, how you understood that like way before 15 years ago and, and pivoted and adjusted and aligned your business um, then. And it, it sounds like you're continuing to do that. So I'm interested in what your vision for economic reconciliation is. Yeah, great question. And yeah, um, you know, Indigenous Day is coming up and definitely want to give uh, tr tribute to, to that as well. And, um, you know, it's an important day. And UNDRIP, um, yeah, United Nation of Declaration of Independence is, is, is basically a financial reconciliational document, right? So it's going to talk about, you know, how corporations uh, can come forward and work with Indigenous businesses and, and do... Um, opportunities within the province. As we all know that the province is now, has been gearing towards anywhere from 12 to 25% of, of government contracts uh, need to include Indigenous businesses. But it's not just about going out to find an Indigenous person to add to the bid, right? It's like, miss, miss the mark there, if that's what it's all about. It's about forging relationships well in advance of honesty, integrity, and and having those founding principles before they even engage. And, you know, a lot of companies are struggling to figure out what does this mean? Well, it really does mean like you need to go and find um, or have a real meaningful relationship that is forged on, on the basis of true reconciliation. And true reconciliation is definitely going to depend upon the individual nation, the individual person, you know, I don't believe that there's one defining reconciliation that's going to fit all models for each nation or Indigenous people across Canada, right? So I think it's really important to sit down and, and figure out with the individual and, 
you know, um, key players and partners of mine, and I'll talk about Monarchy and Trex um, as well, and 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 also Matt Kahn and Delta Aggregates. They see Stephen Stark as a human, not as in a financial opportunity. They see that you know we have value with them, even if I wasn't an Indigenous. Uh, individual myself so I think it's it's important to find those proper relationships and and find that reconciliation for the individual organizations not just for you know a one one approach fits all so it's a very complicated um, but it does stem just from having open and honesty conversations with companies and but also maintaining your integral stance as well that you know in just because you are an indi indigenous person does not mean you need to be taken advantage of while you're bidding on these projects as well and that you have value that your value is worth more than the partnership with them because actually businesses need more indigenous people a part of the projects than they actually realize and you know again making sure that you have that right mentor you're getting the right guidance as well and that those those um, opportunities fit with those individuals as well. Stephen, thank you for sharing your vision and your insight today. Uh, you mentioned we're going to be hearing a lot more about Stephen Stark and TSI in the years to come and I hope that's true and would love to have you back on our show at some point in the future to talk about all of the successes that have yet to come. So thank you so much for your time. Yeah, thank you for having me. And um, yeah, I look forward to, you know, uh, talking with you ladies again in the near future. And please feel free to reach out at any point. Um, I think on Indigenous Day, you'll hear a, a news media announcement about Tawasin Shuttles and TSI and myself again. So yeah, again, we'll be circling back very soon, I'm sure. Um, and yeah, I hope everybody has a great Indigenous Day. And I also want to give recognition to the 215 as well um, and um, you know and make sure they're never forgotten thank you and thank you again for your time our guest today Stephen Stark serial entrepreneur owner and CEO of Tawasin Shuttles my co-host today Chastity Davis Alphonse founder of Chastity Davis Consulting thank you to our audience for listening to this installment of our Indigenous Business Leadership Podcast episode is sponsored by GCT Canada, and we're thankful for their support. More episodes in this series can be listed at BIV.com audio. You can also subscribe to us by searching BIV Today in your favorite podcast app. I'm Haley Wooden. Thanks again for joining us. <laughs>